and welcome back to Youth Group Radio. It's good to be back. I pray this finds you at just the right time. We are still going through the Gospel of John, and this is part 18. If you've missed any parts, go back and listen to it. But today, we are in John chapter 6, starting in verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you are the Father who draws us to your Son. So teach us what it means to be drawn in, and let our eyes and hearts be open to truth into life today. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Have you ever had someone make assumptions about you? Sometimes people might assume the best of you, but there are other times when someone maybe who doesn't know you and they, they assume the worst of you. Or maybe it's someone who does know you and they assume the worst of you. And it, it's a really bad feeling. It's the worst feeling ever. And often your pride will just well up within you and you want to shout, you don't know me, right? When people assume things about us, it makes us upset. We want to prove them wrong. We want to, to show them to be just ignorant or arrogant. And we want to show them as being a villain. And I'm the victim, how dare you assume? But the truth is, for as many assumptions that might come our way, we've probably sent out ten times as much assumptions on other people. A lady in the grocery store is yelling at her kids, and maybe I'm quick to assume that she's a bad parent. And I don't even consider that, you know, maybe she's had a rough week and is feeling beyond exhausted and is doing everything she can to just provide for her kids as a single mother. Or maybe someone cuts you off on the road and you quickly assume that you know they're stupid and they need to get their driver's license revoked. But we don't even consider that 
you know, maybe they just got a call from someone in their family saying that, you know, um, someone is in the hospital and they are just trying to get there as soon as possible. You know, and maybe that's not the case most of the time. Maybe no one is in the hospital and it's just an unintentional accident. I've certainly accidentally cut off people plenty of times. Maybe there's a new a new girl at school or a new girl at work and she seems to really only get along with the guys. And you quickly make assumptions about what kind of person she is. Well, of course, she is hanging out with the guys. Of course, she is talking to the guys. But did you ever consider that maybe she wishes she had some girlfriends, but she always feels like girls don't like her? We're constantly making assumptions about people. Why is that? Why are we so prone to assume things that we really don't know anything about? Well, it's because the world quite literally revolves around us. I know it sounds cliche, but no one wants to admit that. But it's true. The world revolves around me and around you. Think about it. Everything that I have ever experienced has always had me at the center of it. I see everything from my perspective. Things happen to me, in front of me, behind me, to the side of me. You hurt my feelings. The only way that I can know what is happening in your head is if you tell me. But my inner dialogue, my inner dialogue is non-stop. And it's right there for me and only me, and I'll share it, but only if I choose to. Right? It isn't until I start to consider the humanity of others that I begin to move away from this self-centered universe. And goodness, I mean, that is a daily struggle. There's actually a term for this found in the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. It's this word called sonder. It's this realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, their own friends and routines and worries and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly all around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed, in which you might only appear once as an extra sipping coffee in the background, or as a blur of traffic passing by on the highway, or as a lighted window at dusk. Perhaps the universe doesn't really revolve around us. Perhaps I've been assuming too much. But how do I get out of that? I am addicted to my self-centered worldview. That's my default mode. My default setting is to be self-centered. So how do we get out of that? Let's come back to Jesus. Jesus certainly understood the frustrations of people making assumptions about him when they didn't even know him. People thought they had Jesus all figured out. Fast forward to today, people think they have Jesus all figured out, making assumptions always about what he cares about and what he does and what he's all about. We've all done it. We've all made assumptions about Jesus without even realizing it. And why do we assume? Well, it comes back to that self-centered universe. It's because we are constantly focused on ourselves. 
Think about it. We come to a passage like this where Jesus is talking and our immediate thoughts are, okay, so what does this mean for me? What does this mean for me? Does this mean that I am going to go to hell? Does this mean that I am going to get to go to heaven? In verse 37, Jesus says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Then here, verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. So, Jesus is saying, whoever the Father has given to me is going to come to me, and it is God's will that I'm not going to lose any of these people that he's given to me, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. And we hear that and we say, okay, so what does that mean for me? Did the Father give me to Jesus? How can I know if the Father is drawing me to Jesus? We assume that this passage is all about me and I, and we assume it's all about us and how we get to heaven. And because of that, we miss out on the true message. You see, the question that we should be asking is not, what does this mean for me getting to heaven? The question we should be asking is the question that we're supposed to be asking every page on the Gospel of John. It's the question of, who is Jesus? Think about this. Who is this Jesus? Why is the Father drawing people to him? Who is this Jesus that the Father gives people to him? Asking that question is so much more beneficial. But we can't help it. We are so self-centered, and we've been also so trained our entire lives to think of Jesus and the Bible as our ticket to heaven, and so we obsess over it. How do I make sure I avoid hell and gain heaven? I mean, we make entire doctrines about how you get to heaven. You know, all Christians will say Jesus, of course, but then there's all the details that people obsess over. Just how is someone drawn to Jesus? Just just who is chosen? And you get things like Calvinism or people shouting free will and everything else in between. People make doctrines that are obsessed with saying that God chose the people who will get to heaven. And they'll point to verses like for, verse 44. And they spend a colossal effort explaining why their explanation is perfect. Despite the elephant in the room, which looks a whole lot like a God who chooses some to go to heaven and he chooses some to go to hell, no matter how they paint it or not. But then there's the other people who, who, who might shout free will and they create an entire doctrine about how God lets us choose for ourselves whether or not we believe in him and get to heaven. And they would point to a verse like verse 35 where it says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And they'll spend a colossal effort explaining why their view is the correct one, all while the elephant in their room looks a whole lot like a world full of people who are far too stupid and self-centered to ever actually choose Jesus on their own, right? We're all too addicted to emptiness. 
And so we, we try really hard to explain this process of, of God saving us and drawing us to him. And in the process, um, we create heresy. We create things that, that, that try to explain the beauty and mystery of God, how somehow we are responsible and yet also God is completely in control. You can't quite explain. It's like trying to perfectly explain the Trinity. If you try to do it, it's going to be heresy, honestly. We're so obsessed with ourselves, so obsessed with what it means for me. And so we warp Jesus' words to be a code for us to break on the mysteries of how I get to heaven and how I avoid hell. But did you see heaven in this passage? Yes, heaven is in this passage. It says that Jesus came down from heaven. But is God drawing people, is the Father drawing people to heaven? No, Jesus says the Father is drawing people to Jesus. So who is this Jesus? That's the question. We can't ask that question enough. And that's the question that matters. The people in our passage didn't ask that question, for they assumed that they already knew the answer. In verse 42, they say, isn't this the son of Joseph, whose father and mother that we, 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 we know them? And he says that I've come down from heaven. They're thinking, isn't this Jesus? We know his parents. What is this nonsense that he speaks of? They're assuming that they know all there is to know about Jesus, assuming that their knowledge of him is sufficient. And we do the same thing. We assume that we can know all about Jesus. You see, he died for my sins and rose again. So what does that mean? Well, that means that I get forgiven of all of my sins. And it means that I will rise again with Jesus on the last day and go to heaven. Jesus died for my sins. How convenient. He defeated death. How convenient for me. But I'm always thinking about me. You know, for finite beings, we seem so confident on our interpretation of the infinite. Who is Jesus? Don't listen to what other people are telling you. Don't listen to what you have assumed. Don't even listen to me. Just listen to Jesus. If you remember from last week, the crowds were wanting bread from Jesus. And then Jesus describes this bread of God that gives life to the world. And and people were like, that. I want that. And they, they say that incredible phrase in verse 34. They say, sir, give us that bread every day. Well, in verse 35, Jesus begins to tell them. He begins to tell us just who he is. How does our passage start today? Jesus says, I am. You see, when Jesus starts to say, I am, we need to listen in closely. Throughout the rest of the Gospel of John, there are seven or eight different times when Jesus says, I am something. When we read the Gospel of John, we're supposed to ask the question, who is Jesus? And now Jesus is beginning to answer our question, not just with his actions, but straight up with his words. Who are you, Jesus? And he says, I am the bread of life. Leave your assumptions behind and be introduced to the bread of life. 
Now, maybe that sounds too obscure and vague, but don't let your thoughts quickly determine what it means to be the bread of life. Just hear Jesus tell us who he is today. Who are you, Jesus? I am the bread of life. And keep listening to what he says. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We need to stop worrying about what it means for me, for you, for us, and see that the truth is, is that Jesus is the bread of life. He is the bread of God that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You come to him and you'll never be hungry. You come to him and you'll never be thirsty. But how do I come to him? Right? I have to be drawn in, right? I'm so backwards in my priorities. I'm so self-centered and there seems to be nothing that can really change that. I want to. I want to come to the bread of life, but how can I listen to Jesus? He says that the Father is drawing people to him. But is he drawing me to him? In John chapter 12, which we'll eventually get to, John chapter 12, verse 30 through 32, Jesus says, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. So when Jesus is lifted up from the earth, he will draw all people to himself. What does that mean for him to be lifted up? John tells us in the next verse, in John chapter 12, verse 33, he says, Jesus said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Jesus was talking about being lifted up on the cross to die. So are you being drawn to Jesus? Yes, you are. See him on the cross. As he is lifted up on the cross, he is drawing you to him. And ask yourself, as you see him on the cross, ask yourself, who is this? And today, hear him simply say, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Look to Jesus. Look at him on the cross as he draws you in and begin to realize that the cross is not just something to believe in. Jesus dying on the cross is the revelation of just who Jesus is. And truly, it is the revelation of who God is. The God of the universe showed his glory when he died for a broken and sinful world. What if during your prayer time this week, you said nothing? What if you just listened? Often we, we just talk nonstop to God. We're like, God, help me with this, help me with this, 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 and we just keep on going. Sorry for this, sorry for that. What if you just said nothing? What if you only listened to Jesus? Listened to Jesus' words play over in your mind, saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me won't be hungry. 
Whoever believes in me won't be thirsty. So let go. Let go of all the little details. Let go of the details that are honestly too great for us to comprehend. And let us take step by step a journey with Jesus where he says just who he is. I'm the bread of life. Forget about you, forget about me, forget about how to do this or that. Forget about what you can or can't do. The universe doesn't revolve around us, and that's good. Let's look to the one lifted up. Let's look to Jesus. Who is he? He's the bread of life. Every day, every day this week, focus on his words to you saying, I am the bread of life. And I am confident that perspective will change. That your perspective on life, on yourself, and on God, and on others will change. Because the words of Jesus are truly good and are truly life. Thanks so much for tuning in. I do hope this was a blessing for you. Be sure to check out the description for any scripture references made during the episode. We will be posting up again soon. And in the meantime, I pray that you find life in the bread of life. Youth Group Radio. Peace out.